0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. How are you this morning, Dr. Paul? Doing very well. Happy Monday. And we're going to bring up a subject nobody ever has heard about, (laughs) Donald Trump. Donald Trump. They're trying to put him in prison.
1: Yeah. And he's fighting
0: them off. And uh, one of our favorite attorney and, and uh, you know professors, the professors yeah. in colleges and all this, we don't think about most of. Them. But uh, Jonathan, we do. Jonathan and, uh, great. Right. Yep. He was one of our early guests uh, yeah. when we were just starting the Liberty Report or the, the Liberty Luncheons. Yeah, he came over. But now he's a famous person. He's right. on TV. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but he uh, once again wrote another article, and he's much more active. He was. Uh, he's still very academic. He's yeah. probably the most academic one that does the political uh, talks on the show as a. Uh, as a lawyer, but there's a few there. But, but uh, you know, for a long time when he came to our office, you know, it wasn't like, I'm a Republican. Yeah. He didn't use the word Republican or libertarian or anything, but we we knew he was sound in his thinking. So that's why we like to look at what he has, has to say. And of course, the big deal is, uh, tomorrow the, in, the indictments have occurred, but what are they gonna do? They're gonna arraign them. And uh, some people think, what do the Democrats do? Don't they know any better? <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it is it's such a, such an outrage. But for me, uh, the first thing I thought about, and I mentioned it to you, Daniel, is that my reflection is, is because I've been really... Fascinated, and uh, I, I believe a lot of it's true. I think there's been a coup in this country that nobody pays any attention to, yeah. and, and the country's been taken over by you know people that aren't constitutionalists. They, uh, I, I don't even know where they come from. They're not strictly Republicans and Democrats. It's, it's all, it's sort of a. If you're looking at the news, I know what I do. Um, I know you wouldn't waste your time watching the news, <laughs> but, but I watch the news. And immediately when you turn on a station, Oh, is he? Oh, he's a Democrat, so you know exactly what he's going to say. Yeah. Oh, he's a Republican, you know what they're going to say. So you're not getting news, you're just get, getting propaganda. And so often the real news is the deep state, a lot of people know about that, and who declares the wars, uh, you know, and how they get away with it, and how the military-industrial complex works. So it, there's a group of people, and there's been a little bit of that along, but I think in the recent 50 years or so, there's been a t- total uh, disintegration of the republic. I, I, I don't think we live in a country that was supposed to function like a republic. And if you have doubts about what I say, just look at a couple quotes from Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, no that, That'll convince you. And she's just not a, a woman off the street. Yeah, <laughs> <She's, well. laughs> she was the leader yeah. of the Congress, and uh, she was the one that was in charge of the police on January 6th, so uh, you know where, where she's coming from. But anyway, uh, tomorrow is a, a, a big, day, big day, and uh, yeah. most people know that uh, the prosecutor, uh, the the uh, the, the, lo- the local judge uh, uh, from uh, from Manhattan has taken a misdemeanor and turned it into law. And yeah, well, the controversy there. Everybody's turned it down. They think, and even the Democrats think, hey, this might backfire on us. <laughs> yeah. So, so. But it's interesting. But nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow either. You yeah. know, uh, and Jonathan Marge mentions in this thing, he said, just because you take something and multiply it by 34 doesn't make it stronger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so
1: I'm sure you took a look
0: at this. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: fascinating, you know, and i will just going to break some news. A little birdie flew over from your house to my house <clears throat> and said you're actually working on a little mini book about the coup in America. So <laughs> I'm sure our, our, our fans are looking forward to that coming out in a while. No pressure. <laughs> But it's, it's fascinating, you know, and Turley's a great guy. Um, but the thing about Turley that makes him so credible, and we've said it so many times, he's no fan of Trump. And like us, he's been very critical. I mean, we're critical of many things that Trump did when he was president. He made some incredibly boneheaded decisions and hired some really ridiculous people. <coughs> Nevertheless, as someone who is not a huge fan of Trump, he's able to talk about this pr- prosecution I think, in a more objective way. And in fact, um, when we get a chance, we can put this article up, because we both read it, and we were both you know, taken in by uh, Jonathan Turley's uh, arguments. He calls it very simple, the Trump indictment, making history in the worst possible mm-hmm. way. Um, and this is the, uh, the DA is, is bragging. Apparently, apparently, his assistant is the one who's really driving this. Uh, But put this next one up, because here's a clip from it, which is interesting, uh, and I think he makes a good uh, point here. It is still hard to believe that Bragg would primarily proceed on such a basis. There have been no other crimes discussed over months, but we will have to wait to read the indictments. We do know, as a checkered history leading to this moment, the Justice Department itself declined to prosecute the federal election claim against Trump. There was ample reason to decline, so they... They tried and we know you've talked so much so often about the politicization of the Justice Department. So if even the Justice Department says, that's a hot potato, I don't <laughs> want to grab on that. And you have this goofy guy, this Soros backed guy who comes out and says, well, I'll take that hot potato. Uh, and it's crazy. I mean, it's all it's all about apparently some money that was paid to a woman to, to, to quiet her down, I guess, about something. And I don't know the details but he turns it into this massive election fraud, you know, sort of 34 counts against him. I saw some funny memes over the weekend of Bill Clinton making a funny face with Paula Jones because apparently he paid this woman a lot of money so that she was shut up, so there's a precedent. So when you start indicting and arresting former presidents for things that they did, it's gonna be a slippery slope. You know, so much of
0: it uh, that goes on and it's important uh, uh, people talk about the silliness and the ridiculousness of what's going on the details of uh, the legal system yeah and that's where a lot of people get lost but that's where it's really really political <clears throat> I'm much more comfortable talking about a bigger picture on why why are we even here you know uh, well they said that Trump wanted to pay off uh, his <coughs> his mistress or yeah. whatever and ki- to keep her quiet <coughs> and that broke some law they claim it wasn't strong so they created other laws, anything, people know about that. But the the thing that this made me think about in the bigger picture uh, comes from uh, having read a little bit about uh, by Lysander Spooner.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: because Lysander Spooner, his big his big big uh, argument overall, even though he had many, because I think he's uh, probably one of the most most concise and uh, uh, intellectual libertarian there was. Yeah. And he says. Um, Uh, No, nobody but a fool or an imposter pretends that he, as an individual, has a right to punish other men for their vices. That was his big issue. Vices are not crimes. So when you look at it, um, what they're trying to do is take Trump's vices, which he probably is. He's probably got he probably problems, had a yeah. few, yeah. and automatically term in the crimes, and even the crimes that they start with weren't bad mm-hmm. enough, so they build up the crime rather than saying, "Well, maybe we shouldn't even be uh, dealing with this." Uh, but but L- Lysander Spooner is very uh, uh, very emphatic. That uh, vices shouldn't be crimes, and uh, and, and I, I may be after I, I go a little bit further. I may have another quote from him because uh-huh. it's so so precise and so appropriate yeah. on how we go from what what government should be doing, and it obviously follows the principle uh, you can do what you want as long as you don't hurt people, no yeah. aggression, and yeah. that's not complex.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we don't even know that anything went on. We don't know the details. We we don't want to know as you point out the details but what we do know is that this leads us further down the road now you would say a coup and i think you're absolutely right but a more vulgar way of saying it is a banana republic <laughs> you know where we just go we use the, the we use the judicial system to attack political enemies and that was something that's happened not only in the banana republics of latin america but also in totalitarian states you use the justice system to jail your allies and it's even happening today <coughs> and I have a little point about that later but the funny thing is is we've <laughs> the thing that we've noted about the Trump era is that it's always an own goal that whenever they try to do this I mean Trump and I'm telling you I don't know how I got on his list but I'm on his marketing list or whatever and as <laughs> soon as this indictment hit I got 85,000 emails from Trump raising money <laughs> apparently he's raised several million <coughs> dollars from this so it's an own goal He's raising tons of money for it. He's got enormous sympathy. The Congress, people like McCarthy, who, who really do not like Trump, they've been sympathetic. Other people in Congress, Republicans in Congress, are now sympathetic. And even DeSantis, who was considered the number one challenger to Trump, he had to come out with a statement saying, "I will not participate in any kind of uh, you know uh, arrest of Trump here in Florida." So even DeSantis now has had to come out. And sort of back off and I think possibly put off his presidential aspirations until 2028 because of this. You know... (laughs)
0: I make the point, and this, uh, Spooner makes the point, vices are, are not crimes, and this is a big thing. But that's long past. I, I think Republicans, Democrats, and Independents, and most people in the country, you know, if, if there's a vice, you know, what about the drug war? Do you think the drug war was, uh, you know, always somebody hurting somebody else? Uh, no, it, it was habits and, and what people are allowed to do if they're not hurting other other people. But I think there's an additional factor going wrong right now now that drives this you know whether it's the media the Democratic Party or the court system or Soros it's literal hate yeah. they cannot stand the idea that this goofy guy became president <laughs> <laughs> he, he's president <laughs> yeah. and uh, he, he keeps blurting out you know truth
1: now and then you <laughs> know he then, yeah. it
0: throws it right out there and I did have one conversation with the president it wasn't a secret conversation but I says I think uh, I think you're success had been your willingness to attack political correctness you know people we kept fed up with but in some places you still can't attack uh, political correctness but I think it's that factor of hate that drives them that's where they get their motivation
1: yeah well what did he say when you said that did he agree with you or (laughs) when when you asked him about political correctness no, he just listened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I predict, and I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, a clairvoyant by any stretch of the imagination. I really, honestly think that the Democrats are going to start running away from this because I think they're going to realize they're going to have this brag guy go into the bus because it really is a bridge too far. You know, what makes your point is how many Republicans who hated Trump and
0: voted to (laughs) impeach him. And now are all of a sudden, well, maybe I don't think there's anybody in the Congress that is saying, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. This is this is over the top. And but, you know, that still doesn't guarantee there might be something in here that they can all agree on. Well, this looks like he cheated on his taxes. Yeah. Well, that's that's a victimless
1: crime, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Careful. (laughs) I'm going to I'm going
0: to take it. uh, uh, right now, I want to read a little quote from Spooner uh-huh. to sort of describe this because I think it 's so important to to understand that that none of this is uh is, is 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 good conversation it makes no sense at all, let alone arguing the details over something that shouldn 't even exist but uh the, the, he 's talking about of course the uh whether it 's a crime or not uh he says, unless this clear distinction between vices and crimes be made and recognized by the laws, there can be no such thing as individual rights, liberty, or property, no such thing as the right of one man to control, of, uh, to, 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 to control his own person and property. You know that, that is it if these questions are not, this is spooner if these questions are not to be left to free and open for experiment by all each person is deprived of the highest of his rights as a human being to visit his right to ascertain for himself what is to him virtue yeah. you know once you start regulating virtue that's why that, that's why when you look at the school systems and all that why why that all gets destroyed because they don't understand this and what it is to him, vice if this great right is not to be left free and open to all. And I think if people understand that all I can say is uh, uh Lysander Spooner is fun to read yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. Uh, he, he I guess he was in the middle part of the 19th century that he, that he wrote and uh, I think the uh republic was stronger even then but yeah. he was
1: already uh, getting resistance <laughs> and you could write sentences that were more complicated than we have today <laughs> and still be understood well we're going to keep an eye on this of course and it's fascinating to watch what's happening, and it's, it's fascinating not because we're necessarily worried that Trump's going to end up in the clink, but because it's funny to see people step on their own feet, and I think that's what's happening. Yeah. But let's move on because this is something that you noticed on uh, our, our friends at Zero Hedge, and I think it's really a good time to talk about this. Let's put up that next uh, link. Uh, go back one if you can. Um, there is only one winner in the Ukrainian war, the U.S and I, I I agree with that to a degree, but I want to have a discussion about it, but it is an interesting article. Well, I thought maybe this will be all good news, but I I
0: didn't find it all good news. All the good news would be that United States woke up and said intervention and participating in coups uh, is not a wise thing to do. And I found a number the other day that between uh, 1945 and 1962 or something, there were 81 coups (laughs) that we participated
1: in. No, we wouldn't do that, would we? (laughs) So that
0: that is a problem. So we're gonna be winners and uh this article um, you you know uh lists some of the things that they see and yeah. maybe some are true maybe some are he says first uh we got our way by new sanctions against russia <laughs> that doesn't sound like such a good deal for you oh yeah it sounds like we won yeah. but we won by doing something i don't like blocking the Nord stream two gas pipeline well that's crazy we blew it up (laughs) (laughs) and and that was the answer to the problem why shouldn't russia and germany be uh business partners or you know buy and sell with each other but no we we were there interfering but we had our way yeah so that's another victory for us and then It's as, oh, and and, uh, another victory for us here is to propose itself to Europe as an alternative uh, gas supplier. You know, that goes along with the pipeline. And that of course, I guess we've been able to do some of that, but not so smoothly, you know, and that one might not remain a positive because, uh, you know, the world is changing around, uh, oil is being distributed differently, and uh, the reserve currency is being used differently, so those are the kind of things that uh, they they talked about, so they, it wasn't an automatic real benefit for us, it was a political benefit, or the deep state may have had a benefit, yeah. but we don't want to be identified saying, oh, it was good for the deep states,
1: it was good for America. That's where we'd be going wrong. Yeah. Well, what, what really struck me about this article is that it, I think it was in an Italian uh, publication originally, and, and Zero Hedge picked it up, but I think it really captures the rising level of discontent in Europe over U.S. foreign policy with Russia, over the U.S. dragging Europe into this war with Russia to the detriment not of the United States, at least in the short term, but the detriment of Europe. And we're seeing a lot of things happening. We're seeing, for example, the Austrians said, we want no part of any of this. And in fact, Zelensky <laughs> went to speak at the, at the Austrian parliament in, in a, 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 an entire one of the parties, and they stood up and left. The Freedom, Party, the Freedom Party got up and left. So there's discontent there. The Hungarians obviously are not interested in getting involved in this. Even the Germans said, no more tanks. We're here, you know, tanks but no tanks, right? And then in Finland over the weekend... This insane prime minister, I'm, I'm, I must be getting old because she looks like a teenager to me. She was out partying and she had a little scandal. Well, guess what? She lost the election. She was super gung-ho about going to war with Russia. And the people of Finland said, take a hike. She's out. So I think what this article captures is the rising level of discontent and anger with the U.S. over the predicament that Europe is now in because of following like a lapdog on the foreign policies of Blinken and Biden and and Victoria Nuland and all these people see they're they're dealing with things and there are differences and it should be debated
0: uh, but basically the way I see it, and you probably do too, is that this intervention, uh, it's going to be argued forever because it, it doesn't work, you know, and that's that's the big thing. They're trying to micromanage uh, something that uh, if we had the right foreign policy, it's sort of like if we had the right uh, monetary policy, we wouldn't hang on uh, pins and needles until the Federal Reserve Board Chairman makes an announcement coming out of a meeting where he can change uh, the... The financial markets to the tune of trillions of dollars in no time flat, or create trillions of dollars when when they need it. So it's uh, if they're micromanaging a policy which totally rejects the whole principle of solving these problems by non-intervention. Yeah, and uh, that's so much different than that is uh, let let people make the decisions, and countries can act. More uh, logical, just like Spooner suggested, individuals re- react more equal. So, if a country is doing something yeah. that we don't like, if we don't put sanctions on them. But if, it, if they haven't been killing us and fighting and cause a war or something, but just to go in there and, and if, a victory because we were able to put on more sanctions on Russia, you, you know, it, it, it's crazy. And uh, so intervention, whether it's domestic intervention or whether it's uh, foreign policy intervention, it's anti-liberty and it's going to cause problems. It's going to cause
1: problems. And you and Chris did a blockbuster show on Friday about de-dollarization. And I'm sure you notice. I mean, we see things about France and China and Saudi Arabia doing deals in one. <laughs> right. I mean, the dollar has gone. And it's, it's I mean, you, you know more, well more than anyone about this. And it's, it's, it's going to be a real issue. But I, I do want to make one point before we go on to our third story today, and that is to thank for another month our sponsor 4patriots.com. And this month they wanted us to talk about something that is near and dear to our hearts in Texas, which is generators. And I'm talking solar power generators. And the good folks at 4patriots.com sent over a couple of statistics that are fascinating, which is that our energy grid is extremely vulnerable. There was a Attack on a North Carolina power station that put them out of power. They're talking about nine key substations in the U.S. If they're attacked or go down, power could be knocked out from coast to coast for up to 18 months. And I know we've had a couple of bad hurricanes. and We lost power for a few weeks. And that is a nightmare. But the great folks at 4patriots.com <coughs> have something that will get you through this, which is a solar power generator, your fridge, your microwave, your CPAP, your medical devices, your phones. Imagine having all of that still accessible to you without having to pour gasoline in this generator over and over again. So go to the folks at fourpatriots.com, look at their generators, give it a look, be ready across America, whether you're in Tornado Alley, you know, those poor people over the weekend, or whether you're in Hurricane or wherever you are, you're going to need to have this ForPatriots.com, 10% discount with RON in the if you type it in, and, of course, free shipping on all orders over $97, and thanks to them for being with us for another month. So let's go into our third story now, and this is, um, this is also <coughs> a very important story. Let's get this queued up. This is about uh, nuclear weapons that the Russians have now announced. Let's go ahead to the next one, actually. You uh, know, go ahead one more, please. Russia to put nukes near Belarus's western border. Envoy says, now this came in uh, out over the weekend. It made a big stir. They said we're going to put some tactical nukes in Belarus. Now, the Belarusians will not have operational control over them, but nevertheless, geographically, they'll be located. You know, <coughs> this, this is a big
0: issue. <coughs> it's a, a much bigger issue for russia than probably any country in the world because if you look at the history of what europeans and nato forces and others have done once they get near the russian border sometimes they breach those borders yeah. and that's one of the things that drives uh, you know the support to a person like putin is he says we're not going to let them do it to us again you know uh, come in, uh, in into our country but uh, the, the so the russian history You know, even after the so-called Cold War ended and things were supposed to be lightened up before you knew it, uh, NATO uh, expanded their pressure. And what did they do? They took our weapons... And there's uh, you know nuclear weapons involved all the time. It put them near the eastern uh, eastern uh, borders of uh, of uh, Europe and and made them close much closer to Russia, and uh, but it's always this border thing. So when uh, when the Russians uh, or the Soviets were doing this, you you know uh, they they were spreading their wings. Of course, we did too. Yeah. So. Uh, they uh, they put uh, we we had them all over Europe we in particular Turkey because yeah. that came up in the Cuban crisis yep. so we what we did was uh, you you know uh, uh, the the um, Russians came the, they worked a deal we weren't uh, we never quite worked out for any type of friendship with the Cubans so we the Russians come in and they put nukes in. Uh, the plan was they yeah. probably did have them there into Cuba, so they got too close to us. It's yeah. hit for tat here, so then we get except, uh, upset. But uh, I uh, maybe there's still some hawks that are d- disappointed that uh, that uh, JFK decided this is enough, enough. Let's have a deal, and he says, look, we don't need nukes in Turkey. Yeah. Why, why don't we take the nukes out of Turkey and you take them out of Cuba? It makes it made it made sense to me so uh it, it's this whole thing so it is a big issue uh but this one is interesting because it's russia w- w- their big complaint is the west and nato has put the weapons up too close to russia but now it's the russians putting it close to the NATO borders, and it's a little more complex. It's it's not quite as neat as it was, you know, leading up to World War
1: II. Yeah, and and you pointing out what happened in 62 reminds us that there were cooler heads back then. Hey, do we really want to do this? No, we don't. Where are they now? But, you know, in a way this is a tempest in the teapot because um, we already have nuclear weapons in Romania and Poland. Uh, the Russians already have nuclear weapons in Kaliningrad, so, but it's, it's a way of showing. But what the whole thing was about is this was a Russian response to the announcement by the UK government that they're going to supply uranium-tipped am- munitions to Ukraine, and the Russians are very much against it, and they said, we don't want this uranium poisoning our soils and our people. We saw what happened in Serbia. We saw what happened in Iraq, and we don't want to deal with that again. Um, and they said, we don't care. And so they said, okay, we're going to put some nukes in Belarus. So what it demonstrates is that Russia has kind of a dominance on escalation. They have an escalatory dominance. If you do this, well, we're going to do this. We're going to keep going. And this is a contrast to every other foreign policy um, situation we've had, certainly in the 21st century. we We can escalate at will. We don't have to respond. And this is the first time that the Russians say, okay, we're going to match tit for tat. And that's a dangerous thing. Because we have no reverse gear with the neocons in Washington.
0: You know, the um, uh, pro- problem is is that uh, all countries basically, I think, have a group that are more hawkish. And always a, a country tends to say, enough is enough. Let's have some peace once in a while. Yeah. So, But the leaders hear more, and there's so, so much in this country, our country, it's the political power of the military-industrial complex plus others. But then there are just some plain old hawks that are combining Republicans with uh, with now some of the def- defection from the progressives, and they're getting together and saying, oh, we have to stand up to, to stand up to these people and block them. So this this is a, uh, they, but they have to appear to their radicals that they're doing something something, even though they, you know, don't believe in, don't, isn't necessary. And the, the problem that we've pointed out so often is sometimes accidents happen. Yeah. You know, you know, all that stuff they were doing in Ukraine, uh, i I'm really pretty amazed that uh you know uh, that that we the United States would go in there and bomb that uh, pipeline yeah. i mean that that's pretty
1: vicious <laughs> and uh well the CIA says we didn't do it, so. <laughs> it, it
0: that, that that wasn't an accident yeah. <laughs> no that as a matter of fact, the people who claimed all this oh yeah, I was just a couple people in a canoe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we dropped some things off there and we blew it up. Oops. So,
1: I'm going to close with a couple of things, and the first one is a bit of humor, and Dr. Paul, I know this is a bit vulgar humor, but I hope you'll indulge me on this because I found it funny. If we can put the next one on, this is from Zero Heads today, and it just struck me as funny. Musk, Elon Musk, who's becoming more popular with me at least, Elon Musk kills the New York Times gold verified check mark. He says the paper's Twitter feed is unreadable the equivalent of diarrhea. Okay. <laughs> I, it's hard to disagree with that. But but after a little bit more seriously, if you could put the next one on, uh, and this is a big thank you. Dr. Paul, after you and Chris knocked it out of the park on Friday, what happened? We hit 300,000 subscribers to our Rumble channel. We're getting up in just under a year of working with Rumble exclusively. We're already getting up to where we were at YouTube after five or six years. And so we thank Rumble, of course, But we thank you because you're subscribing. And if you're not subscribed, please do that. Please like the show, please share it, please make comments, please engage in the chat. We're growing and it's because of you and we're really, really deeply grateful that you're with us every day. You know, I've always admitted that I'm no expert when it
0: comes to the, to the Internet and these details and I have experts working with me and when I have questions, what does this 300,000 mean? Is that pretty good? <laughs> Daniel says it's pre- pretty good. But uh, I said, well, I like the idea of names and supporters. Can I, can I send them a Christmas card? <laughs> I said, do we have their addresses and know where to find them? Do we have their email? <laughs> no. He says, it's not like that. It's privacy. We believe in privacy. So we don't have them. We, we We can't do that, but uh, I said, how do we communicate exactly like we've been doing? have a program, and try our best to find the truth of the matter and put it out there. And there's always going to be somebody if they say, you know, I think they're leveling with us. And that is how to reach them. Not only that, may we may there well reach the friends that we already have, but we may get new friends. And I think that's what Daniel's talking about. 300,000 means we're getting new friends. And uh, that's why, in spite of the many statements I have to personally make about how bad I think things are. I do come down on the side that there are a lot of friends out there. and There's a lot of people who care about it. And maybe, maybe even today, a few extra people who maybe never heard of Lysander Spooner might read about it and it would be fun reading. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.